here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.6 FM in King Williamstown. All right, so of course at this time what happens is that you start wondering. You start wondering about all kinds of people, how they're doing, how their work is continuing and so on. And one of the people I was thinking about really was Dr. Kopano Matlamabaso, who has been running Grow Great for a while. We've spoken to her here on this platform many, many times. But I also remembered that the work that they do um, involved people going out there to, to communities, reaching out and being you know, at close proximity with them because that's the nature of the work that they were doing. I wondered how this lockdown has impacted on her work, which is so vital. Grow Great has uh, been doing a lot of great work in in really reversing stunting of children. And uh, I wondered how all of this is happening right now. She joins us now on the line to just give us an update on how things have been since the lockdown. Good afternoon and thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Uh, Mabas. Thank you, Pamela, for inviting us and for thinking about us during this time. Mm. So so how difficult is, is, is it now to reach the communities that you've been working with since there's been a lockdown? Yeah, I mean, it has indeed been tough. Um, it's required a lot of innovation on our part, um, you know, thinking about, yes, we can't be physically together with our partners, our local partners, the communities we work with. There's a lot of work to be done, you know, in terms of this pandemic. And how do we play a relevant and useful role um, despite the limitations of the lockdown and social distancing? Hmm. And and so on on the ground, I mean, ordinarily, I know that you would have foot soldiers, literally foot soldiers, who yes. would go in and check in on the either the the person who's expecting a baby or someone who's just given birth, and it is that physical connection that was necessary in able to monitor the progress. That's not there now, or I'm not sure whether you're still able to do that. But how's that going? Yeah, I mean, as you know, we ran a national social franchise of mom and baby groups, the antenatal and postnatal classes, pregnant women would come together, um, and moms with new babies would come together. So obviously that's not possible. But, you know, we realized very early on in the epidemic that our um, the public health messaging was very much focused on symptoms, on social distancing. But, you know, if you're pregnant, you have other concerns. Mm. Can I still go to the clinic to go book? Um, what about the child support grant? What about immunizations? Mm. Can I breastfeed with this babies here? So we quickly came together with a number of other organizations that work with um, mothers and created a platform called Messages for Mothers, mm. which is a one-stop shop for all kinds of messaging related to COVID, but that's relevant to pregnancy and new mothers. So making sure that mothers are informed um, it includes a lot of mindfulness um, information. So, you know, how do you deal with anxiety and depression? The child support grant date changing. You know, the developments are happening so rapidly. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that we, we quickly put together. But also we work with social entrepreneurs. You know, these women who run these classes are mothers themselves living in this eco- these communities and economically affected. So as an organization, we needed to make sure that we continue to provide income support to them mm-hmm. and make sure that the women we work with are protected. And then the community healthcare workers, I mean, they are completely in the front line. Yeah. So we've always worked with community healthcare workers, supported them, but suddenly they were in the spotlight. Initially, information was sparse. Mm-hmm. So we made sure that we 
collaborated with organizations that are making sure that community healthcare workers get TPE mm-hmm. and make sure that community healthcare workers are included in those projections. Mm. You know, often doctors and nurses are going to be prioritized, mm. Mm. but community healthcare workers are just as vulnerable. They're entering homes, they're screening, they go back to their own families. Um, so making sure that they stay as a priority as a healthcare worker. Um, so really taking a lot of our um, information digital, using data-free apps like Moya. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so trying to, you know, continue the work, but having to innovate in terms of how we stay in touch with the people we work with. I'm so glad to tell everybody that before everybody started speaking about food parcels and uh, cash send money and all of that, that's what you were doing anyway. Yes, yeah. <laughs> No, absolutely. And I mean, it's become even more so important now. Yeah. I mean, I must commend our government yeah. for a massive social assistance program. Yeah. So we initially joined the call to increase the Pusa grant and we're so pleased when that was announced this yeah. week. But I think as your previous, as you mentioned to your previous caller, there are many people who don't fall within the social security network. Mm-hmm. So informal sector workers who were doing just fine before this, um, immigrants, um, pregnant women, mm. pregnant women don't get a grant. Yeah. And, you know, this is a particularly vulnerable time for them. So together with other organizations, we're also rolling out a food voucher program. We know that government can't do everything. We know that it's going to take time for government to administer all the requests, but people are hungry right now today. Mm. And particularly for pregnant women, this is a knock-on effect on the next generation. So, you know, where we work with our partners, we're making sure that we're rolling out food vouchers. We're also, we're also talking to retailers and calling on them to make nutritious food affordable. Because mm. people are going to be spending money in their stores, you know, so let them also step up to the plate and reduce the cost of nutritious food so that this money can go further. I mean, I, I don't know to what extent you're engaging who, um, but your role also as somebody who has been a healthcare worker directly mm. at the forefront, I don't know to what extent you, you are engaging them, but I saw some reports just the other day of uh, healthcare workers who were concerned about what goes into the basket of these handouts, these parcels. And it spoke directly to what you've been talking about for a, for, for a long time now to say, yes, you know, it's great that you think you're helping, but have you really thought about what you're putting into this basket and how nutritious it, how nutritious it is Absolutely. and how it will go towards the health of the person, not just to feed them, but their nutritional value that we're putting into the basket? How much do you want to reiterate that message? Yeah, absolutely, Pamela. And I think that's what we're calling for. So we've identified 10 items that are highly nutritious, but tend to be pricey. Yeah. You know, I think often, and I'm sure in Anybody can relate to this. You go into a store when it's that time of the month when money's running low, you're really going to buy the foods that are filling. You're not going to go for the expensive fish or, you know, things that sometimes might be good for you, might be full yeah. of omega, but are actually incredibly expensive. And that happens across levels of society mm-hmm. that, you know, lots of research shows that communities will opt for the low um, nutritional value, but carbohydrate-dense food that keep you full. Mm. So we're saying to retailers, make the nutritious foods cheap. Make peanut butter, tinned fish, Mm. beans, um, amasi, powdered milk, things that I might not prioritize with 350 rand. But if you make it possible by removing your markups, it becomes easier for me to include those in the diets of my family, you know. So that's a big advocacy push. I mean, we've written to all the big retailers. We've got a press release out. We are in engagements with various bodies. But we're saying government has done a lot. They've really put their skin in the game. Mm. 
big corporate South Africa, this is your chance to stand in solidarity with Africa's families and make nutritious food affordable. Oh, I, I love that. And and fruit and vegetables, you know, we know we, I don't get to hear a lot about that being included in baskets. I know that mm. it's perishable easily and it's part of maybe why people don't talk about it enough, but yeah. um, you keep talking about it as well. That nutrition that comes from fruit, fruit and vegetables that are fresh is so key. When you engage these partners, and I know it's tough even for them, are yes. they receptive? Um, some, but I think it's going to take us as civil society coming behind this and, and putting, you know, you know, calling on them, nudging them strongly. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the government is putting money in the hands of millions of South Africans. Mm. And, you know, what corporate can do is to help that money go to really nutritious food. Mm. Because as you rightly say, you can eat. But you can eat empty food. Mm-hmm. You can eat food that is not going to necessarily help your nutritional status. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're at risk of is secondary epidemics. Mm-hmm. So measles, infectious diseases, when you are undernourished, mm-hmm. your immune system is weak. So we need to make sure that people, you know, supporting people to eat well during this time more than ever. Listen, uh, Dr. Mabasa, really, your work doesn't go unnoticed. Thank you so much for the work you do. And I know we took you out of already being very, very busy. But really, thank you so much for talking to us this afternoon. Thank you for having me, Pamela. And stay safe. Keep well. Thank you very much. She's Executive Director at Grow Great.